Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to what that old queen. A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So listen at your own peril. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own. And like a vampire, have no reflection on the platform you're listening on. Now, please let your hairs be upstanding for the old queen. <laughs> it's our special Halloween theme tune. I like. I think we should have it all the time. <laughs> should we just do Halloween themed episodes every week? I mean, some might say that we already do because That's we both true. enjoy the supernatural. We do. Yeah, mm. I want to talk about that mm. in a minute. And it's also uh, cheers. We're drinking bubbly again. We're celebrating every single time we record these days. It's our fiftieth episode. I can't believe it. Like 50 of these things we Mm. put out. Yeah. It's crazy. What's been your favourite one? I don't know. I like, there's so many, so many that I like. What's your favourite one? I mean, I'm actually not very good at remembering them. And when Mm. people have brought them up in conversation, I can't remember. (laughs) But I do think last week's was particularly good. Yeah. Well, I mean, we enjoyed it. (laughs) Hopefully everybody else did. No negative feedback as yet. Not yet, even though it was the most controversial episode mm. yet. Or maybe this one will be the most controversial episode yet. How do you feel about Halloween? I love Halloween. I haven't got fully into the spirit. I I did just buy a, a ghost pumpkin from Lidl. Mm. Um, as a sort of token gesture, table ornamentation. Which is kind of ivory um, white. Yeah, it's beautiful actually. Mm. And I think it would look nice in a sort of more Halloween display. At the gym, they've gone all out. There's cobwebs all over the desk. Right. And they're not real cobwebs. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I've gone all out in my flat, but they're real cobwebs. (laughs) And they're there all the time. (laughs) I'm like Miss Havisham. Uh, Nothing ever changes. 
But a lot of your work is to do with kind of history and ghosts of the past and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, I often sort of frame a show like it's a like it's a version of a seance. One of my shows that I just did before lockdown was called A Haunted Existence. Mm. And in the process, I actually held a seance as part of the process as long alongside working with like archivists and historians to gather kind of very factual, contextual information. Mm. I held a seance because I thought that would be an interesting idea. When I was touring it, all the venues... Um, kept getting the name wrong instead of haunted existence they kept calling it a haunted experience <laughs> which sort of felt reminiscent of like i don't know like sort of ghost train ride or one of those sort of like an evening in a haunted house or you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. and the last venue i did in newcastle when i got into the dressing room there was a witch's hat that was already hung up there and i thought fuck it why not just change the whole thing <laughs> Did you wear the witch's hat on stage? <laughs> Tempted. <yeah. laughs> but what was that experience like? Because you you mentioned you, you you've worked with a couple of mediums in yeah. terms of research, haven't you? Yeah. So we had the séance. So the story is around a, a series of a, a group of men. So like eighteen men that were involved in a trial for uh, gross indecency in the nineteen fifties. And not very much was known about those men because I think mainly because of their class, really. So not many details are recorded if you're of a certain class. We just really had their names from the newspaper. And so we thought it would be a good idea to have a seance to try to work out what those what stories pertain to them. Mm. And we worked with this medium and they told us various interesting things. Mostly they were kind of things that were sort of felt like very... Um, evocative uh, visual images that I used in the shows. They, she talked a lot about a man with rings um, on a train that would give codes and signals and stuff. So I worked a bit with that sort of to recreate that. Mm. After the seance, we came back to this flat. Um, and two of my friends would stay in the night because they they'd live outside of Bristol. And one of them, uh, my friend Catherine, was sleeping in my bed with me. In the middle of the night, she woke up to a figure that was um, leaning over my bed and it felt very much connected to oh wow one of the men's stories it, it wasn't just one of your grinder mates come round <laughs> the door was on the latch <laughs> no yeah, yeah. and she felt his presence around her at, like after that event oh, when wow. she came when she went back to london she met up with someone and, and they're a bit of a psychic and she said i can sense that there's someone else with you wow do you feel like you could be haunted by the past and maybe people from the past that have passed over that they might be looking out over you or, or yeah, stuff definitely mm, it's yeah. interesting because we've got a question about that later on yeah. on a halloween theme we'll stick with ghosts Mm. Um, because I, I did a little bit of research and I found an article from last year by Roe White from the... I'm, I'm sorry I was so dismissive about your article in the last episode. <laughs> I think it was fair enough, to be honest. You might be as dismissive about this one. <laughs> I'm more, to be honest with you, I'm more intrigued by this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Roe White from the website... 
www.autostraddle.com. Have you heard of that website? No. <laughs> Maybe it's one to dip into <laughs> at some point. Now, I've, I've often likened being gay to being a vampire, in a way. Can you see how that might mirror? I mean, you, not, you like the nightlife. Mm. You have to keep, you, you know, before we were all open, we had to keep our existence quite hidden. Mm. And, um, and obviously we can, at will, we can turn people into being queer just by our thoughts. So you look great in black and red. <laughs> exactly. They are my colours. <laughs> and I've got very sharp teeth. Mm. So <laughs> but this article is about ten reasons why all ghosts are gay. So you ready for this? I mean it's a statement, isn't it? It's it, <laughs> it is. But she does, she does clarify that when she says gay, she doesn't mean gay in terms of orientation, although some ghosts swing in that direction. She means culturally gay in the way that some people are culturally Jewish. Mm. So um, ghosts carry the most critical markers of, que- of the queer community, from the quirks that fill us with pride to the ones which aren't so flattering. Okay, I'm intrigued to know more. Yeah, so here are the ten indisputable reasons why all ghosts are gay. Ghosts are sentimental. So is she saying then all ghosts, all pe- all gays are sentimental? Well, I don't know. I think it's probably something that like queer people are. So uh, she explains ghosts express sentimentality towards places, people, and even objects. They attach their souls to dolls, cars, clothing in the same way that you attach, you attach your soul to your ex's love notes or texts or the shirt that your crush let you borrow and that you never plan to give back. <laughs> yes, yeah, sentimentality and ghosts are high achievers in nostalgia. Would you agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this is a very tongue-in-cheek article. So, <laughs> I think I would, though. I think there's a... There's something in that. Mm. Yeah. I'm a, I'm definitely a high achiever in nostalgia and sentimentality. Well, it's like your raison d'etre, mm. isn't it? It's yeah. A lot of your work is nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, maybe. So, strike one. We're going to go with that one. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, one out of 10 so far. Right, yeah. <laughs> Two, haunting is just a long term. U-hauling. Now, I don't know what this term means. Mm. I'm assuming it's American. But U-hauling is uh, a great lesbian or gay tradition of packing all your belongings in your car <laughs> and joining households with the barista you just met 13 minutes ago. So I think it's about moving in with someone quite quickly after you've mm. met them. Considering that ghosts tend to shack up with past lovers and occasionally follow them around... Haunting is the ultimate way to U-Haul. It's immediate, it's intense, and it definitely saves on the rent. <laughs> so what, what would you agree with that? I think I was a little bit like that when in my 20s. It reminds me of the San Francisco show, is it Tales from the City? Yeah. Yeah. That feels a bit like that, and it feels, a bit, it feels connected to being able to choose your own family. Yes. Which yes. People do. So I'd agree with that as well. Mm. So it's two out of ten. Ghosts follow their former lovers around. 
<laughs> on social media <laughs> yeah, well gays have a rich tradition of living with our exes liking our exes thirst traps on instagram and our exes exes and sharing custody of dogs that we adopt with former partners but the truth remains that queers are swirling in communities filled with folks who used to co-own sex toys <laughs> For us, being around our exes is inevitable. And for ghosts, being around their exes is either a punishment, being stuck in the same house you died in where your former partner is currently banging a new live-in beau. I've not been in that situation. Me neither. Well, I I guess I was once, kind of. I guess for a certain section of our community that might be more true than us. So we'll give that a half. Okay. So three and a half. They love making a grand entrance <laughs> from that one extra terrifying jump scare into Samara crawling out of the TV. <laughs> Ghosts love making a big entrance, just like queers, considering the majestic entrances of every contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race or the way your local butch DJ pauses to survey the club upon their arrival. Gays love making a show of showing up, especially when their outfits are on point. I think you like making an entrance. <laughs> I don't know why you're incinerating. When have you seen me make an entrance? Uh, you always make an entrance. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, the room definitely knows you're there when you've walked in. Hmm. But I think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. Can you actually give me an example of... You jumped out of a box in my birthday. (laughs) 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 Which is one of many Mm. (laughs) entrances. I mean, actually, that is my fantasy, is to jump out of a birthday cake. And I think Mm. that there was talk of that, but the budget didn't Mm. allow... No, maybe for my 60th. (laughs) Right, six. Their best friends are witches. What queer person doesn't have a BFF who reads tarot and operates a side business selling herbal sachets on Etsy? Just like gays, ghosts appreciate witches who are skilled at communicating with the dead. Consider how Moaning Myrtle befriended multiple witches and wizards in Harry Potter or how Wendy buddied up with Casper Ghosts need witches to stay in touch with the living, the same way gays need witches to do our partner's astrological charts. Would you agree with that? Well, I think that, you know, witch is a term that people use quite regularly to me. Mm. All right, witch, they say to me. And me. And I think, like, historically, probably people that were branded as witches were on the fringes of society and probably part of our community Mm. in many ways. Which... We definitely are. Yeah. And I'm a bit witchy. So, yeah, I'd agree with that We one. both do the tarot as well. Yeah. We don't need a friend to do that. We can do it ourselves. Yeah. We, um, Very self-contained. <laughs> well, we can do it for each other. Yeah. And, you know, I've been known to do a spell or two. So, yeah, I'd agree with that one. Ghosts love the nightlife. Across fiction and real-life settings, ghosts nearly always go bump in the night. Nightlife nightlife culture to queer community i like the idea of a night loaf <laughs> overnight uh, loaf the night loaf maybe that should be the new queer 
night in Bristol, the nightloaf. Um, Overnight loaf. <laughs> nightlife culture to queer communities for decades, and we still love to bump on the dance floor. I was doing a lot of splits on the dance floor on Saturday. But I have experienced you doing splits mm. in the BBB before. It's so small in there that you we have to clear the floor, floor for yeah. you when yeah. you do it. And it's nice and wet, so it's easily done. I don't, slide across yeah. the floor quite easily. Don't wear your white jeans when you do it. I don't have any white uh, jeans. Okay. Yeah. Maybe well, when you're a ghost, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of Liz Hurley when I think of white jeans. Do you? Yeah. Why is that? Well, she used to wear them quite a lot. <laughs> right. I don't think she does anymore, just a bikini. It's a very 80s kind of look, mm. isn't it? Mm. I think. Eight, they're often associated with cats. Multiple ancient religions believe that cats were shape-shifting spirits, and some modern cat lovers also believe that. In short, ghosts are cat people, queers are cat people, therefore ghosts are queer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they sort of like... I'm not sure this is kind of like scientifically proven. (laughs) They they got a bit bored with this one, but I know what they're talking about. Yeah, It was actually a year ago on this weekend that I took George Michael home, who Mm. sadly is no longer with us in physical form. Yeah. Um, He passed away shortly after he was, well, Mm. he was with me a month, really. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But I haven't felt his presence since. Okay. There was a strange experience that I had recently when I walked into my bedroom and um, there duvet was shaped in such a way that I thought that there was... A cat there? No, there was something under the duvet. I thought it was a human. (gasps) And instead of, like, working out what to do, I just jumped on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's normally what I do if I think there's a human in my bed. (laughs) (laughs) It happens very rarely these days. Um, (laughs) This this one's a weird one. Mm. Ghosts like watching you sleep almost every haunted house story begins with a presence in the middle of the night like your friend you mentioned earlier Mm. or the feeling of an invisible body sitting on the edge of the bed it's clear that ghosts love watching you sleep the way your lover likes watching you sleep i find i find that a bit weird i don't i completely understand when they used to have big brother I, i used to just tune in for the night ones where you could just watch them sleep i loved that um i found it very relaxing i think in, when i was really obsessed with it in the early days i used to watch the night feed mm. and then i used to be like why am i watching this nothing is happening <laughs> but i you know i don't like waking up with someone just staring at me no. i find that a little bit weird mm. even if it is a lover so i'm gonna i'm not gonna have that one 10 they love a dramatic exit just when you think you'll catch them, ghosts evaporate into thin air. Well, that certainly sounds like a lot of my boyfriends. So, or people that I fancy. <laughs> I do. I, I think I do an Irish goodbye these days. I think it's something to do with middle age. What's an Irish goodbye? Just when you like, you don't say anything to anyone, you just leave. Yeah, mm. I do a lot of that. Anyway, our guest is waiting to come in the throne room. So should we have a break? Yeah. And then we'll be back with the lovely Lorraine Bowen. Yes. Uh, And we'll be back after this. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Right, so we're back, and we have a fabulous guest, don't we, Tommy? We do have an absolutely fabulous guest. Um, would you like to introduce our fabulous guest? Um, please be upstanding for the lovely Lorraine Bowen. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Welcome to the throne room. Oh, lovely. You can be I'm in... Here on this, yeah, I'm here on this, the south coast, kind of imagining what the throne room is. <laughs> it sounds well, it's another word for the toilet, isn't it? So, <laughs> no, but this is very plush, this throne room. And uh, you, you can be an honorary old queen for the night, if you'd like. Oh, please, please, yeah. <laughs> so we've just been chatting just before you we started recording again. And uh, so how long has your career been, did you say? <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, I've been going forever. I know I was born in 1916, you know, and so... <laughs> I, 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 I think you got the digits messed up there. <laughs> I was so uh, yeah, started performing when I was twenty-eight and kind of when when was that? I don't know, nineteen eighty-nine. I remember I remember I got a job in at the local school teaching recorders and and I said to the headmaster, Well, you know, I can only be here for six weeks because basically in six weeks' time I'm gonna be completely famous and I won't be able to teach here anymore. <laughs> and and that happened, right? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, still teaching recorders. <laughs> I mean, you have had your brush with fame with the. I have. Uh, I have. With Britain's Got Talent and stuff, but the audiences that might not know you, how would you how would you describe the work that you make to them? Well. Who knows? I mean, if I knew that, I'd be able to talk about myself in a kind of elusive, arty way and kind of allure the Arts Council and get massive grants and all the rest of it, but I don't. So I don't really know how to do that. How do you do it? It's a secret formula mm. of the of the certain world, you know, the arty world. I don't know. I just, I just write... A lot of songs, well, I have written a lot of songs in my time. I've written six albums of catchy tunes about anything that I really felt passionate about and not commissioned or anything, not feeling fashionable or anything. And suddenly, in some period in the world, uh, they become quite culty. For example, my little tune... The Yumbo Centre Gran Canaria. Yes, which you you um, kindly let us use in one of our podcast episodes earlier this year because we did a feature oh, on it. Right, well, that's fantastic. But, you know, it was just a little sidetrack to the video that I'd made after a small holiday there. <laughs> and then suddenly it became huge. It's got 100 million views from gays across the world. And now it's in a Dutch film, which is wonderful. Oh. But we were talking earlier on about ghosts and also nostalgia. Mm. And there feels something about your songwriting feels you're very interested in nostalgia, it seems. I'm now thinking about polyester dresses. Ah. Oh, well, I've been collecting polyester dresses since I was 16 years old. I didn't know it was a nostalgia thing to do when I was 16. I used to go to the, the local village jumble sale and pick out anything sparkly, anything that had a vibrancy that my village didn't because I was brought up in a very suburban, boring, grey mirage of childhood. And the polyester dresses kind of felt like another world that needed to be collected by me. And uh, I I still have a lot of them and I'm still doing a, a show called Polyester Fiesta which is, uh, uh, it's got four models, a wardrobe, mistress at the back of the screen, and it's a tightly choreographed show with all these dresses and things that I've collected over the years. It's quite weird, and it doesn't go out that often because it's very difficult to do. <laughs> it sounds amazing, though. And so what, what was the town that you grew up in? Was it Cheltenham? Um, well, it was Cheltenham first, and then we had this massive opportunity. My dad got a new job in a place called Chelmsford. It was oh. so it was so weird because we lived in Chelmsford Avenue in Cheltenham. <laughs> oh, wow! Moved, <laughs> we moved to Chelmsford. It was so weird. So yeah, we lived in a small village outside Chelmsford, and uh, I thought, you know, I thought we. We'd arrived, you know, somewhere amazing. I didn't even know my times tables at nine, you know, it, it, it was like that. And then suddenly, whoa, 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 Essex, Essex, it was. And I uh, had to have elocution lessons because my accent was so dreadfully uh, straw at the corner of my mouth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you certainly don't sound like that now. <laughs> uh, I've still got the mouth, though. The mouth. I 
tell you, once you're from the West Country, you cannot change that OU sound. I say pound, I say house, I say um, mouth, and I've had elocution lessons. Can't can't get rid of it. Well, it's all, right. it. it's all right to have a little bit of a twang, right? I like it. Yeah, Tom, you've got a twang, haven't you? I have, yeah. And and I did have elocution lessons as well. Um, and I wish that I hadn't because actually I really like it when when I have that West, West Country twang even more so. I have it a bit more when I've had a bit to drink or when I'm talking <laughs> to my family. You know, I just slip right into it. So go on, go on, Tom, you say house, mouth and pound. House, mouth, pound. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You've got, you got the pan airs in you there. <laughs> oh, I, I, pan airs has been really hot on Twitter today. Did you see her? That she's written this fantastic little poem about the sewerage going into the rivers. Absolutely oh, no. beautiful. Really oh, wow. beautiful. Look, look it up. I love pan airs. I, I love, love it. Pam Fer- as well. Fergal Shar- Sharkey was on the radio today talking about the sewers. Did you catch that yeah. as well? I, I didn't, but I saw it on Twitter. Twitter is alive with the sewerage at the moment. It's, 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 it's a it's hot topic. News. It is. It's hot, 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 hot topic. It's <laughs> oh, a sign of the times. Which really sort of puts, um, you know, all those wild swimmers... Um, I know. In amongst it all. Well, I, I, I'm a bit scared to do wild swimming because of it. Mm. Yeah. Although I did used to go swimming on the North Kent coast when I was a kid, so and that was probably full of sewage as well. So it probably wouldn't oh. do me any harm whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but um, Lorraine, you were recently on um, Radio Three, The Verb. How was that for you? Were they doing different versions of your Crumble song? Well, it's always been a bit of a joke that um, I've got, yeah, you know, I've got my Crumble song which I wrote billions of years ago. Billions of years ago. <laughs> people, people thought I'd written it just the, the week before Britain's Got Talent, but no, it's been going on for absolutely ages and ages. And um, it's been a running joke that I've always wanted people who speak a different language, come from a different country, maybe, to translate my crumble chorus and put a, a piece of food that they absolutely adore from their country. So what I've always said, to, you know, and I put it on one of my albums, is translate it, sing it, send it to me, and I'll put it out. You know, I'll put it out on Spotify. So I've had loads of fantastic versions from Dutch to Bombay, um, Bombay in India. That's fantastic, fantastic version there. So say, for example, the Italian version, which, you know, if anyone doesn't know my song, which is everybody's good at cooking something and I'm good at cooking crumble. In fact, I've got one in the oven. Would you like some? So those are the the four little things. I don't know why it's so popular, but there you go. Because it's great. It's a great, it's a catchy (laughs) song. And I love crumble as well. Ah, well, I love crumble as well. So um, in Italian, the chap that uh, translated it loved um, chips, which are patatine. So I think they're actually potato chips um, that, you, you know, we call them crisps in our, our country. But so, so um, it's, and I, and I have to kind of really, I'm bolstering up my bosoms as I <laughs> sing this because you have to do this, you know, if you're going to become Italian. So, tutti quanti sanno cucinare ed io so fare le patatine ne io un paio dentro il forno ne volete. That's amazing. <laughs> I actually, 
I, I'm recording this Zoom. I want to put that out on YouTube, if I may. <laughs> because your arm movements and facial expressions were amazing. <laughs> that, that's because I studied flamenco for a year and then I got sacked. But the fact is, I've, I've kind of like... Uh, wildly confused Spanish with Italian there, haven't I? <laughs> it's, it's so wonderful, Italian. It's so... <laughs> and it's so dogmatic and so affirmative. And so mm. the mama is the... You know, she's the absolute core of the household and she slammed down any man, you know. That, that, I just love the Italian thing. So, um, know that's a great thing. You have to get into the acting, don't you, if you want to of speak course. language? Well, especially Italian, it's so expressive. It is, it's wonderful. I, I was Italian. witness to your version that you did in Rye, it, live in a pub, Ooh. in a lovely pub. Everyone's good at cooking scallops Ooh. at the Scallop Festival. Festival. Do you right. remember that? I do. It was a very wild night because Johnny Wu was down there and he's a very wild partier. And uh, he comes from the glory in Lo- East London. And, yeah, that's an amazing night. Timbalina, mm. Timbalina mm. of Rye organised mm. that. That's mm. a lovely, lovely gig. So should I carry on now with the Japanese version? Oh, yes, please. Mm. Or have we all gone off? <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to hear all the versions, if we may. <laughs> so, so, so this Japanese version was translated by a chap in Brighton who... He's Japanese, and he's actually a kind of, well, what can I say? He's an actor of the stage and screen, and he volunteered to do the sushi version. And what he did, we, we, we met outside this kind of gay pub in the lanes, and very quietly he said the syllables of the Japanese language into my tape recorder, and then for the next six months I just practised saying them because it is so bloody hard. It's really hard, Japanese. Anyway, and I've got to put on a different palette here okay. with my voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As if I'd studied acting, I haven't. Right. 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 Version which I can't do because it's all right, yeah, like, it's very difficult. Um, a Chinese lady did it, that's impossible, so I got her to do it. That's on right. Spotify. Um, Israeli, someone did it from you know Israel, that again, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's too much for me, too, too much for me. So that's on Spotify somewhere. But you when know, I'm um, sorry, am I being stupid? But are they talking? Are they talking crumble? Are they doing their national dish or their favorite? Yeah, not, they, yeah it's it's the joke. Well, the joke or the the challenge, I'd mm. say, the crumble challenge is the fact that you you put my song into your favorite or the national dish because mm. crumble is so british that's the whole thing about mm. crumble incredibly british you know you're men but you didn't do probably you know the first 12 you know when you're 12 you do home economics if you're a girl i think men were allowed to do home economics later on in the 70s i did i did home economics did you and did you mm. do crumble first as your first lesson or egg nests 
Like I did. I think we did Chicken a la King. That was one, and Meatloaf, I remember that. He went to a posh school. He went to a posh school. I didn't go to a posh school. Sounds pretty posh to me. Yeah, but I uh, we had chickens and I gave we could I couldn't eat it it was overcooked or something so we gave the chickens the chicken a la king so they ate them so oh no yeah, it was all wrong really. I think that happens in battery farming anyways isn't yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> what what are your other favourite dish have you have you written any other songs about yeah food? I love writing about food because the thing is. As a kind of quirky songwriter, I can't stand writing about love. I can't stand this whole Adele thing. You know, it's all got to be heart-wrenching. Oh, Oh, is anyone else just fed up with all this love? And I don't want to know about anyone else's personal relationships. I absolutely cannot be bothered to hear about anyone else's personal relationships. It doesn't apply to me. So what does apply to me is food and drink. You know, let's have the spinach song, fish fingers a great tune you know it's very popular with students my fish fingers song um as is the halloween edition have you ever written anything ghoulish or ghostly i haven't because my birthday's on halloween and i don't like it you see so so um i like i know i love frogs i will hold a frog i've got frogs in the garden um toads um you know I, i will hold a slug I, I'm absolutely not squeamish about it. Have you written a song about a world. slug? No. <laughs> Is that yet to come? I think Bernie's <laughs> just given you an idea for a whole concept <laughs> album. <laughs> Crustacea <laughs> and mollusks. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've written, um, you know, my insect song is incredibly popular. That was on uh, John, the John Shuttleworth radio show. And um, and, I, and from that, I did the festival gig at the, the Eden Project, yeah. So I did a whole half an hour of insect songs, insect-related songs, which I can do, yeah. Give me a theme, I'll do it. Okay, well, there you go. You've got Crustacea <laughs> and Mollusks. That's your next album. Wasn't Billy Bragg a bit of an inspiration to you oh, at some point? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Billy Bragg started me off. You know, I'm just a, a small, shy child from Gloucestershire and Chelmsford. And at the age of something, I got amazing opportunity to perform with him on stage for three tours. And at the end of the three tours, he said, right, we're going to have a meeting today, me and my managers. He said, right, you've got to leave the band that you're in, because I was in a band at the time. He said, and I want you to write six songs for me, and I'll give you a critique on the six songs. So, so I wrote the six songs, and then he said which ones he liked, and then he said, right, now get a gig. Wow. <gasps> Can you imagine being a really shy back person, and then suddenly someone really big says, right, go and get a gig. And you think, what, me? What, me, little me? So I did that, and so I got a gig at the Diorama in Portland Street. I don't know if it still exists, but it's a round gig. And so oh, it was wow. in the age of new variety when you put poets, stand-up comedians, put dancers, all kinds of varieties all in one evening. And they were fan- it's fantastic times, going back a bit here. But, uh, yeah, so I did my three songs, which were incredibly serious, I thought, and um, people started laughing, and that was... <laughs> was one of them the Crumble song? 
No. It wasn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it was. It was an orgasmic tune with my clarinet that uh, that seemed oh, to win, wow. win over the audience. It's all kind of very. It's all very experimental in those days. I think it was. Um, I think it was great, actually. I think you you'd like it, Tom. Mm. Yeah. So you you mentioned uh, Miss Timberlina, who's been a guest on the show. You've worked with another one of our previous guests, Boogaloo Stew. We got together on a show called Much Ado About. Yes. Either nothing, nothing or Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a Shakespeare-related bingo show, and I was the special guest. It was a bit like when Barbara Dixon used to go in and won the the, the two Ronnies. You know, they always in the old seventies games. They always used to have a, a well, because they were all men, of course. So they always have a female guest to lighten up the surroundings <laughs> of the of show. Course. <laughs> so um, he, I was so thrilled because Bill Boogaloo Stew made me a dress, and um, you know, I'll cherish that. It's in my wardrobe of polyester. Great, it's, it's fantastic. Was it a polyester dress? Absolutely, absolutely. How big is your wardrobe, Lorraine? Um, it's so big that I've had to move in the lockdown. I had to move to a big, a big house. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> to accommodate. To a massive, with a massive loft. I've got now got a huge loft. Well, what I had to do, I had to move out of Brighton because Brighton was, you know, really, it's really expensive in Brighton. It's pretty foul living there as well with all these hen parties and bin strikes. So um, I moved a bit further down where it was a bit cheaper. I could get a bigger place. So now I've got this massive loft full of my polyester outfits. And, you know, one day I'll have to sell them all, but they would, you know, be worth millions by that time. Of course. Well, if if they're not now, I mean, you know, you could probably auction them all um, for a fortune. Um, So where have you moved to? You're still on the coast. I'm still on the coast, yes, but I don't even say the word because it begins with e e <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. But the but the average age has moved down from seventy eight to forty three now. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm I'm older. I'd be too old to be there. So, so. <laughs> it, it is God's waiting room, as, 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 or as some amazingly camp record record seller told me. So, you look from here. You look out to the continent, and from inside, you look into the incontinent. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> they should have that on the sign. Welcome to Eastbourne. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh gosh, she's going to have hordes of fans clambering at her door now for those polyester dresses. You can beep it out. (laughs) I'll tell you something though. I mean, okay, I'll say the word Eastbourne. (laughs) But it's it's actually a really nice place. It's got a terrible reputation, and I had so much chip when I moved. Oh my god, it was like oh. You know, I'm putting up crossed arms here for people listening on audio. People just thought, that's it. You know, you've you've ripped apart the Brighton world and, and gone to further circles. How dare you? How dare you move, you know, 30 minutes away? How dare you? But, you know, I have. I have. I'm, 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 I'm assuming there's public transport routes and roads or... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But that's the thing, you know, when you're older, you have to be bolder. You have to go where no man has been before. Of course. Um, you know, yeah. you have to go and, and create the new paving way. Where do you both live then? 
In Bristol. We're here in Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. I love Bristol. I love Bristol. <gasps> so many memories. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, one of the best places to live in the UK, apparently. But don't tell everyone that, because they all want to live here. Well, the Guardian uh, regularly do. I know. I wish they hadn't. Uh, Lorraine, thank, it's so good to have you on the show. I thank mean, I you. think Lorraine is going to be a brilliant component for our next feature for our next i think so too you've got to be older what is it you've got to be bolder to be older yeah Ah. yeah yeah i think this is great because we yeah offering tidbits of advice we've got some quandaries and some of them are quite pertinent to maybe what you've just said actually bizarrely as as sometimes happens with this but lorraine uh, thank you so much for being on the show where can people find out more about you well, I'm, I'm just smothered over social media. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm the queen of TikTok at the moment, at, you know, at Crumble Lady. And, 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 and because I'm so old, that all my links are completely different. They're not tied up into the same name. Because if you're really wise with social media now, you have at blah, 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 and it's all the same throughout the whole social media. But, of course, because I've been here so long... But everything's different. So on TikTok, it's at Crumble Lady, where I've got my Crumble song at one and a half million views. All the young kids that just love it, love it. Mm-hmm. And then on YouTube, which is Lorraine Bowen TV, and and my analytics. It's all 16 to 25s that love my stuff. So it's good, isn't it? You're, you're lowering our demographic just by being here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you've got, <laughs> and you've got a website as well? Yeah. yeah. The website, of course, is the mother hub, as they say, and it's lorrainebowen.co.uk. Yes, well done. The, okay. The home of, the home of sewerage. <laughs> the home of sewage beaches. Okay. It's such, a, it's such a shitty place to live at the moment, isn't it? I really like to go is. somewhere more exciting. <laughs> right, Lorraine, are you going to stay on board and do some Queens of Agony with us? Of course, okay. I am the Queen of Agony. Well, you need a good uh, pair of ears, that's what you need to be an uh, Agony on. Okay, well at this this juncture, we have a little gong bath, so I do a little gong. And it just changes the vibe, obviously. Mm. Space clearing. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, you ready for the first question? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Dear old Queens... And I'm obviously including Lorraine in this. Yeah. <laughs> Is my dead ex, as it's Halloween, looking after me from beyond the grave? A few years ago, an ex-boyfriend of mine passed away. I hadn't seen him in a few years, but I was devastated when I heard. A few years later, someone who claims to be a psychic said that he was looking after me in the spirit world, sorting out the good ones from the bad, in inverted commas. I've had a few dreams about my ex in the meantime. Anyway, I've been trying to date for a while now, and every time I've found someone that I think I can have a relationship with, it seems to all fall apart. (laughs) Is this just bad luck, or the ghost of my ex sorting out the wheat from the chaff? And if it is, how do I stop him? Because I prefer to make my own mistakes at, le- <laughs> at least and have some kind of relationship at some point. I know it probably isn't that, and it sounds a bit mad, but it's always in the back of my mind. Mm. Mm. What do you think? Do you think a, an ex 
I love the way you read that, Bernie, but I thought you could have built up the drama and made it bigger towards the end. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Shall I redo it? <laughs> Why don't we, 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 don't we, don't me and Tom need to go... <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, maybe. Shall, shall we redo it? <laughs> With you guys doing that. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it's... Is it just sheer bad luck or is his ex, like... I think the whole problem is with the psychic, right? So uh, the psychic, the psychic is a psychic, and there's an aside kick. Oh, clever! The psychic d- doesn't know that person's life at all. It's just someone sitting in an old painted caravan in an old boot fair, pretending yeah. to know all about this person's life, charging tenner a tenner. For some ridiculous advice, I'd say get a grip on your present life and live it to the full. And don't think about old memories that could haunt you there. And I think, you know, this sidekick... The sidekick sidekick. The sidekick sidekick. Maybe got confused with another couple of boyfriends. Because, you know, people do die all the time. You know, we don't all go around with just that one one or two people in our life, do we? Do you think there's a little bit of miscommunication with the spirit world there? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think it's, um, he, you know, the, the present man is, is thinking about one person in particular, but, you know, we all go back a long way. Yeah. If it's anything to do with this programme. I, oh, like, I feel Lorraine's going to make a song about this one. <laughs> sidekick off the sidekick. <laughs> yeah, see? She's already there. It's halfway there can, already. Give me a theme. I can write a tune in a minute. So. <laughs> what do you think, Tommy? Do you think... Well, I wondered whether when you read it, I thought, is this just a self-fulfilling prophecy? <gasps> You know, yeah. have they just got that into their heads? Are they just, are they putting that curse on themselves? Maybe they need to do some sort of space clearing, yeah, and some sage. I don't know, like, and just forget that they ever heard that and and start to do their own thing. Do a bit of woo woo, yeah. Um, I yeah, I think you might be right. And also, is it being psychic or is it auto suggestion? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like, are they... I think you, you... Take it with a pinch of salt and take what you can from it. But, um, yeah, don't scupper your love life because you think some spirit is um, kind yeah, of... Yeah, who is this side? You know, what's their qualifications? That's what I'd say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it someone, is it someone they bumped they? into in a bar? Is it someone they just bumped into on the street? Is it someone really in a... Pain- <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> Those lines, what do they say? You know, yeah. people, people love putting their whole life into the unknown, don't they? And yeah. the, the, the psyche, they, people love it. Because, I think it's because the world is so explained these days that people love love a, a touch of the unknown and maybe they put their whole life into that unknown thing. I well, think it's a bit simple. Well, there you go. That's the advice. Yeah. Go and have a blind date. Yeah, go and have a bl- have a couple of blind dates because then you know no one knows. That's the unknown. That's the unknown, and just do it. Just mm. step into the unknown, and then yeah, no one can interfere. Even the spirit world. Okay, let's move on. I think we've answered that one. Yeah. Um, dear old queens, should I move Lorraine to Eastbourne? <laughs> this is very poignant <laughs> to you. I feel. I feel like you can answer this question. 
So, you know what I mean? Like, well, what's, the, what's the background of this? You well, I, I, I will. I will. There yeah, is. If there's more. There's more. <laughs> My name's Prince William. I'm in the kind of Queen's residence here. Shall I move to Right. Okay. So out of the gate, I'm not a complete stranger to moving. I've packed up everything and thrown caution to the wind twice before when life became completely static and I realised that I would stop growing if I stayed where I was at. I live in the heart of a major city and have made some great friendships here. However, the pandemic really changed my life. Every single person that I was close to moved to 45 plus minutes away and my job is now 100% remote. I find myself suddenly alone in the city and I've n- that I've never particularly loved outside of my friends. I'm now lucky if I spend three hours a week with another human being. I have tried going out still, but there's very few places left to go in this city since they're all still shut or shut early. I'm thinking it's time to call it quits and find a new place to explore and experience, but I'm worried at my age... 41 it's going to be (laughs) is going to be even harder than ever before to start over do you know anyone who's moved away in their 40s to start over Lorraine, this was, it's almost like, I feel like the spirit world has brought this question to you. Well, I, I can answer with this sincere amazingness. I, can, I, I don't know who this person is. Well, listen to me, the person who wrote that, because I went to Valencia on holiday and I was in this bar. It was pretty empty and there was these Americans there and they were having a great time. And we got chatting and I said to them, so what do you do? And they said this magical phrase, which I will never forget. And they said, oh, darling, we're digital nomads. Oh. And it was this word that I'd never heard of. So I went back and looked it up. A digital nomad. It means that you can live wherever you want to because your work is totally online. So this person here at 41, a mere spring chicken, by the way. Right can be a digital nomad and go fancy free around the world just visiting places and you know getting paid and working on the computer yeah so uh, so i get what you're saying here because so why just move to one place when he could just kind of like up sticks travel about and then find the right place to be absolutely so these americans that i talked to they said Oh, we're just going around the whole of Europe. They said, we're, we're just going around. We work during the day and we go to quiz nights in the evening in Valencia. Next week it's Rome. Then we go off to Madrid. Then it's Prague. Then it's London. So they're just all over the shop. Right, okay. But what about if they he doesn't want to become a digital nomad? Well, I think he's. I think he has to be one for a bit. Okay, okay. Yeah. you're you're insisting. <laughs> well, you know, you can't you, you can't be moaning onto a podcast, can you? About you know, shall I do this? Shall I do this? Mm, crunching the nails with you know between the teeth. You have to just do it, and then yeah. no regrets. Mm. Do it for a bit. Do it for a year. 
become a digital nomad, like the rainbow in says, and then come back to to Eastbourne and then see the other half side of the world. <laughs> Was that, did you consider becoming a digital nomad for a while? No, I can't be a digital nomad because I do like doing gigs here and there, mm. like I'm doing polyester fiesta on the 20th of November in Brighton. At the Iowa. <laughs> okay, good plug. Hey, plug anything good you plug like, it. Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, the occasional gig is really nice. You know, it's really nice. Uh, I, I don't like this country at the moment at all. I'm talking about being in the UK, of yeah. course. And uh, several years ago, I thought about moving to Italy. In fact, when I did Britain's Got Talent, I had a plan A and plan B, which was because I because I realised I was just about to sell my soul to Simon Cowell. So yeah. my plan A was to get my song, the Crumble song, the chorus on mainstream TV on an evening, a Saturday evening. I thought if I could do that, that'd be amazing. Just the chorus, that'd be fine. Anyway, so th- that was my plan A. And I thought, well... It's always good to have a plan B. And I thought, well, if, if they diss me in any way, if they dare to diss Lorraine Bowen, then I will move to Italy. And I would I don't care a toss if I do that. I'll just go because I can't bear to be dissed in my own country. So as it was, it all turned out well. But it's good to have a plan A in life and a plan B. Well, the and government's I, constantly talking about plan B right now. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, this is true, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying this kind of in, in like, no, jest and seriousness, because it's absolutely, you know, you can ask any of my friends that I had this plan A and plan B written on the wall. Right. And, um, it, and it's, it's quite good to have that, because it makes you feel quite free that you don't mind what happens in life then. Yeah, so if that doesn't happen, do something else. Okay, yeah. right. what, what do you reckon, Tommy? Is that, do you uh, think well, that's I, good? I, I love Lorraine's response, and I, and I agree. I just feel like there's like a little caveat in the sense that I feel something from this person that they might be actually craving a real sense of community. Mm. And I think that there can be something quite lonely about travelling around, experiencing different things and not experiencing them with other people. Mm. So if that's if that doesn't entice you, then there's always Eastbourne. Yeah, <laughs> find your community. <laughs> and as my mum says, in my day, she said there was nothing to do with mental health. What's all this mental health stuff? She shouts, she shouts. She says, if, you, if you've got anything wrong with you, just dig the earth. She says, dig the earth. That's where it's at. Grow some vegetables, dig the earth. I might put that on a T-shirt, I think. (laughs) Well, you know, there might be something like earth therapy, you know. Mm. (laughs) Digging therapy. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Dig for for victory. Dig for for therapy. Dig for therapy. (laughs) 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 Okay, great. I, I, I... don't really have anything to add to that i think <laughs> it's all been been covered there so um we'll move on to the next one i don't know whether this is pertinent to you or not lorraine or you tommy actually dear old queens reading the title i think maybe it is <laughs> <laughs> hooking up with someone you're a client of so i've been chatting with this hot guy for about a week i looked at his insta and he's linked and I recognise his name. Did a search in my phone, and it turns out I'm a client of his, in brackets, personal, not through my work, at his job, although we only interact like once a year. 
He is unaware of this because I don't have Insta or my name on there. Should I tell him this before we arrange to meet or just leave it? Hook up and then have an awkward but probably hot encounter next time I'm in his office. Taking into account we already have swapped loads of nudes and filthy talk. Ooh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that last bit. <laughs> oh, come on, you know the gay world a bit. You've written a song about the Yumbo Centre, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do we think oh, let's go to tommy because i feel this is pertinent to tom for some reason i just wasn't on saturday night i was in the bristol bear bar as were you bernie mm. and i met a lovely uh dentist there mm. i was just about to launch into all my dental work stories <laughs> as you do yeah. and he wasn't having any of it uh, no I don't I wonder why he said just no he just went like just no, no. <laughs> I don't want to know about your root canal <laughs> have you written a song about a root canal no, no, <laughs> no I have written a song called uh, lack of plaque <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so but you weren't so actually yeah, you weren't actually that. a client of his. No, but then I thought his... maybe I could move dentists. Oh, <laughs> just but then case. I thought, do I really want to see him to see me like that? Well, yeah. Also, it's probably not very moral to like have sex with a client, right? What whilst on the dental desk <laughs> yeah. <and the> chair. <laughs> Well, whilst whilst you've got a dental dam in your in your mouth, and while the assistant is going, me too. I mean, that's how I identify different parts of my anatomy. With that, that stuff you have to put in your mouth as well. Oh my god! Imagine keep, keeps it all orally hygienic, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Lorraine, have you ever had an um, like an incident with a client oh god let's not let's not go too far there but what i would say is that i'm surprised that there aren't more stories on the press really of of grinder encounters which then you you have a grinder encounter, yes. you know, encounter and then suddenly you're in the bank manager's office the next day and you go, <laughs> oh my god i really really know you i just yeah. I always get your face looks really familiar, and I'm just like, I wonder why. (laughs) But I did have that experience, not that I'd been with that person, but in the bank, I was kicking off about something that they said that they wouldn't be able to do, Mm. and then the manager who I know from Grinder, what's he called again? He's called like. Oh, the city otters. City otters, yeah. yeah. They're called the city otters. Yeah. He just sort of piped up from quite further down the office and went, just let him do it. Yeah. And that was it. That's it's so it, funny. It, it's the gay grinder mafia. Yeah. It's a bit like the Masons. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's still going to underground places with kind of masks and swords. Right. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's if I know about that from the East End. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's, uh, well, I think it happens a lot. Um, I think this guy should just go for it. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, he, he, yeah, he just become a digital nomad if it all goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's his plan B. Plan A yeah, is to go right, for it. Yeah. Plan B is to become a digital nomad. Okay, yeah, great. Absolutely. Great. Uh, at work. So, final question. Wow. Um, dear old queens, do you and ha- oh, no, <laughs> Lorraine again? There's a little bit of synchronicity going on here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, it, if it's because it's Halloween or what, but dear old queens, do you hate an artist or song because it was a favourite of your ex? Mm, I yes. had a I had a boyfriend who was older than me a couple of years ago who was wild about Adele. <laughs> I I now find that I can't stand to listen to anything of her anymore. Not just because I'm not into her style now, but because it is now associated with bad memories. Have you ever had a reaction like that? Well, Well, my... Sorry. No, no, so no, you, 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 you go on, Tom. I'm really interested to what you, what you say. Well, I was uh, all I was going to say was my ex-boyfriend was from Tottenham, which is um, Adele's stomping ground, right? Before LA. I so on on the subject of Adele, we'll get round to you, Lorraine, in a moment. I <clears throat> I walked past the registry office before COVID times, and there was a woman singing Adele songs outside with a guitar as a couple were coming out and I was thinking if that's the ex-girlfriend that's the best revenge ever (laughs) 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 but Lorraine what were you going to say well I was going to say it just shows you the strength of incredibility about songs that they're almost like taste that that, that, I'll start again I think the idea of a song is it's not just listening to the music, is it? It's almost encapsulating the five senses. Taste, what is the five senses it's going to remind me? Taste, <laughs> Taste smell, sense. Sight, hearing. Sex. Hearing, yeah, sex. sex. Yeah. <laughs> and food, yeah, food. Yeah, so, and food, so, yeah. So the whole thing about a song, it's it's just so powerful. Mm. It, just, it can overcome you with emotion mm. and... What can I say, Adele? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of people, you know, they still love the 60s and they're still, you know, maybe they're 80 or 90 year old and they still got the, you know, the old 1960s haircut because they still want to be in that era and they yeah. still feel youthful being in that era. It's so powerful to hear Let's Twist Again or whatever it is, you know or hear some mod song, you know, and it, as well as in the 80s, you know, if you hear Duran Duran, you're back into yachts and loads of money. You know, Adele, what's she, Millennium, is she? I don't know. What. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, maybe, I don't know. Generation Z or X or Y yeah. or something. You know, she's she's got huge momentum of, of this huge era of about 10 years, I'd say, of songs that were so distressing to hear in public, I can't believe it. And I, to this day, Tri- I would I say triggering, triggering, triggering. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I find I find them completely inappropriate for public service um, broadcast myself mm. because 
You can find that you're in a restaurant or a breakfast bar, maybe a breakfast diner bar on tour, and then you hear an Adele song and you think this is completely inappropriate. And as well as some kind of gangster rappers talking about sex with their girlfriends, you know, it, it's what I'm saying is that there's there's a place and time for every kind of song, and I think maybe selection should be more selective at times. And I think Adele. She, she, yeah, she's one of these these huge ten years of pitiful songs about people's personal dire times in their bedrooms with their bloody lovers and the, the, all the you know the, the fact they haven't got lovers. Listen to my albums, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers, spinach, crumbles. You know, fun to be a fish. You know, there's Yumbo Centre. Much more nice songs out there. Don't have to go into this delving mental health. An ideal if you're at the breakfast bar. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Might um, make you want to stay on for lunch. Yeah, exactly. Lorraine, what we all want to know is, do you have a crumble in the oven at the moment? Well, I, I, I will say it on, you know, audio. Of course I have. It's, it's a cherry crumble. <laughs> cherry crumble? With, with the bubbling custard on the hob. Oh, amazing. <laughs> would you like some? <laughs> I would really love some. <laughs> And at this time of night, I think there's a little bit of sherry in there as well. Oh, well, I'm definitely in. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine, thank you so much. You've been a joy to be on the show. Thank you for... Oh, I've what... really, I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Great. Oh, so what, what gigs have you got coming up? Well, the... <laughs> I think the word gigs is quite... <laughs> <laughs> well, times are a bit strange at the moment, aren't they, still? Well, they are, they? Yeah. I, I, I kind of dare go out, actually, at the moment, in case I catch a cold or something, in mm. case of this one... You know, my one gig will get cancelled, because <laughs> you only have to go... <clears throat> and, of course, you'll you know, put to bed immediately, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you, you have to self-isolate for 14 days. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I haven't had the big C yet, you know, the big COVID... The COVID oh, I shouldn't say the big C, but, you know, COVID-19. I haven't had the COVID-19 yet, and um, I don't want to get it. But I am having my booster jab in a couple Ooh. of weeks. And you won't believe where I've been sent to. It's a place in Eastbourne area, and it's called The Crumbles. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sent to this place. It's, miles, it's three miles away. It's called The Crumbles Vaccination Centre. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I bet they're going to have your song playing in the background. I think it's time for a pop-up gig. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. Have you got a song about uh, inoculations or vaccinations? I I absolutely adore public health, right? So I've written a song in the past called Use Your Knuckles on the Cash Machine. Use your knuckle in the public convenience. Use your knuckle pressing in the pin. You don't know where somebody else's fingers have been. (laughs) Very wise. Use use your knuckle on the cash machine. It's a big public health song. And I've got a song called Germs. And I've got the final in the triptych of songs about public health, which is called... Would you like to be buried or cremated? <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. It is, yeah. I mean, it's much better, much better than Adele, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. So, well, you did. Uh, did you say you had a gig? Yeah, I don't think you mentioned the gig. Yeah. Just uh, do, uh, yeah, were you having your inoculation? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so there's massive gig coming. It's just so massive that it's kind of compensating for ten other gigs. It's called Polyester Fiesta, and it's me going up in my loft finding all these thousands of costumes. I've got four models that have <laughs> volunteered to, to show these off. Um, two women, two men, and, um, you know, and anyway, between them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, Sexual, really, but um, yeah, it, it, it's all right. You, you're blokes. covering all bases there, I yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the blokes can wear the dresses, the dresses, yeah, the girls can wear the trousers. It doesn't matter. But the fact <laughs> is, there's a lot of costumes there to sort out. I've got 70 costume changes, wow. and it's in the Brighton Ironworks, and um, it's a new LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ venue. Amazing. It looks amazing. I was looking at the website the other day. It is. It's, mm. uh, it's amazing. I went for a meeting there and they said, oh, do you want to do like some kind of Star Trek space kind of show? And I said, not really. No, I said, oh, I don't know what to do. I said, I, said, I have got my polyester fiesta. They said, what's that? I said, well, it's this amazing two hour show of just total loads of costumes and catwalk cabaret. And I said, yes, we want that. We want that. So, so I'm doing that. Great. And, uh, and when is that? That's the 20th of November. It's Saturday night, the 20th of November. Right. And, and where can people get tickets? On the Ironworks website. And you can even come down from Bristol to Brighton in a bus. I There's know. A have a little Bristol. jaunt. Maybe we yeah. will. Maybe we will have a jaunt. Bristol to Brighton in a bus to see Bowie. There we are. <laughs> 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 we would love to right uh, Lorraine we've come to the end of the show thank you so much for being on uh, we've absolutely loved it it's slightly controversial as well this episode I feel as well really? with all the, the all the Adele talk I think we yeah. might have a, ba- a bit of backlash about that but who cares uh, but you've been fabulous uh, please say goodbye to our lovely audience oh goodbye lovely audience <laughs> I absolutely hope that you've enjoyed the the ridiculous chatter of course, it's all tongue-in-cheek, and we all love Adele, really. <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> and Tommy, uh, please say goodbye. Oh, goodbye. And can we call it Plan B? We can, we can call it Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, thank you, audience, for listening. As ever, we will see you next time on What That Old Queen. Doing the spooky. Yeah. You have been listening to What? That old queen. Written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hot Podcasting. To contact the old queen, please email hello. At that old queen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.